Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beautiful beyond compare. I want to teach you this morning, okay? God's done a work. God's touched us. He's touched our lives today, and I just want to teach you. Romans 6, 7, and 8. So let's just turn to Romans 6. I don't know how much of this we'll get through today, but that's all right. We got next week. Now, y'all just um, listen up, all right? Romans 6. I want to I look at 4 first. Because last week we talked about this resurrection life. There's resurrection life on the inside of us, right? Okay. Well, we've got to know that we have been taken out of something. And this is not, I'm going to start this right now. This is not just for new Christians. Okay? Because how many of us have been saved for 89 years? Well... Been saved for a long, long time, and we still act like we don't know Jesus sometimes. <laughs> Come on. Cause. Well, anyway, we're not. Okay. So, 4 says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. So I'm going to explain something, okay? We got saved. My spirit man got saved. My spirit man all of a sudden comes alive to Jesus Christ. But this right here, it did not get saved. (laughs) It's a hindrance. It is an enemy of God is what it is. And I have to renew this thing. But my spirit, there's, I have a new, I'm, there's newness in me. There's life in me now that was not in me before. And so we've been living, like for my, we was, I lived in the kingdom of darkness and um, lived by my mind for 30 years. And so whenever I got saved, I don't, we don't always know how to live new. Right? We don't always know how. And that's why it's very important for you to get into a church that teaches Bible. Teaches Bible, okay? We can have, just like Josh said this morning, I didn't come for the goosebumps, although ain't nobody likes goosebumps more than me. I didn't come to get drunk, although don't nobody like to stay inebriated in the Holy Ghost more than me. I didn't come to fall out. Although I'd love to fall out and be just gone for an hour, you know, in his presence and him just do some kind of major thing in me. And I'm talking to all you folks been here long as I have. 
I eyeball y'all. Okay? I ain't talking to the newbies. All right. Thank you. Nothing. Y'all don't just, y'all can come and say, God, I need a touch. You can come and say that. God, I need a touch. I need you to help me. I need, you know, you can come do that because, because that's what we do for a while because we don't really know what we're doing, you know. But when you've been saved for 80 years, time to quit yielding to the flesh. I didn't look at you. I did not look at you. I'm going to look at that window back there. I, when I came here, I had to learn, and it was a revelation that my feelings lie. That this thing, this walk is not about my feelings. Because my feelings are up and down and up and they down and then they come up. And they're, down. they're down a whole lot more than they're up, you know. And my feelings lie. My emotions lie. They lie. They touched from hell. They lie. But, and, it, and I just keep myself in such turmoil when I yield, give to my feelings all the time. And it, but I, I didn't know that you ain't supposed to be doing that. I didn't know that. I, I had read the scriptures several times where it talked about being led by the flesh and led by the spirit. You know, that's two different things. And I was led by the flesh. I, I had no other choice but to be led by my carnal mind, my mind here, for all those years. But when I got saved and I came into the kingdom of God and I came into that newness of life, there's a new way to live. And we got to be taught that. Right? And it is a process. And it is something that I have to do. Amen? Okay, we don't always know how to live new because we've always given in. I mean, that's just what we do. We give in to our feelings. We give in to the cravings. That's what lust of the flesh is, is giving in to desires and cravings, especially for things forbidden. Wow. That's what all that means. Okay. And it's not that I just want to keep on harping on die. Y'all got to die. When y'all going to die? Please die. Somebody around here die. Going to keep teaching die, die, die until we die. Guess what? I'm going to keep teaching die, die, die until we die. Because there's life in it. And that's when life comes. And that's when things change. And oh my God, (laughs) it's wonderful when you die to something and you think, I died to that. Oh, my God, it doesn't affect me. That doesn't affect me anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that you pruned me and you cut me and you made me bleed and you hurt me until I could die to that thing. And now fruit comes and life comes and it gives you an anointing in that area. And we want an anointing because it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's not me. It's not how good I am. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Okay, if I don't get on with it, we'll be here till next week. Okay, let's start with verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, first of all, we have to start right here with grace. Grace. 
What does grace mean? God's unmerited favor. God's blessing. Right. It does mean those things. It, it also means, let me find it because I wrote it right here, loving kindness, that which affords joy and pleasure. It means sweetness, and it means goodwill. That's what it means. But it also means divine influence upon the soul, and that's its reflection in the life. So what that's saying is, while grace does mean God's unmerited favor, I cannot earn it. There's nothing I can do to earn the grace of God. It is his goodness that pours his grace out upon me. But his grace is the ability to obey him. That's what grace is. See, there's false teachings out there, and when you listen to everything on the Internet and everything on TV and everything on all those those, Jesus, those so-called Jesus channels, when you, if you listen to all of it, it brings confusion to you because you start thinking that, oh, well, grace is, grace is cool because I can do whatever I want to do because he's already forgiven me. And they teach that. There are some out there that teach that, that we don't have to ask for forgiveness. We're already forgiven. So we really just go on and do whatever we want to do because God understands he understands my heart. Mm-hmm, he does. It is deceitfully wicked above all things. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. And it is deceitfully wicked above all things. That means your heart deceives you. You cannot trust your heart. It's connected to your feelings. Okay? All right. So, we don't want any part of that false grace teaching. Okay, I do have to repent. I do sin, and God does not turn his head. He does not turn away from my sin. He is merciful, and he is loving, and he is gentle, and he is wooing, and he is pulling, and he is drawing, and and he's working on me. Okay? And he sends someone to speak into my life. And he sends someone to, to, to speak, you know, get right, whatever. I don't know. But he's, he works with us. And he is so much more merciful than we are. Amen? So he, it's not that when you sin, he cuts you off. No. He doesn't cut you off. One thing I learned about the shepherd, and, and I shared this at home group a few weeks ago, that if, if a sheep keeps going astray, if the sheep keeps running away from the shepherd, the shepherd will take that, that staff, you know, it's got that hook on it, and he'll grab that sheep and he'll pull it back to him and he will break that sheep's leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will break that sheep's leg and then he will take that sheep and he will put it around his neck and he'll carry it until that sheep is healed. Amen. Hey. While that sheep is right there, that sheep hears the heartbeat. Hears the heartbeat of God. It gets real close to the shepherd. It really starts to smell that shepherd. It hears the sound of the voice of that shepherd. It's real close. And so whenever that leg heals and the shepherd puts it back down, he, never, he doesn't run away again. He never runs away. That is mercy. We think, oh, my word, he broke its leg. How cruel is that? No, 
Cruelty is to let you keep running off and get eat up by a wolf. That's cruelty. So, see, we got to change the way we look at things. What I think is cruel, he, uh-uh, that's mercy. That's the mercy of God. So whenever I keep, I keep going into sin or I keep, you know, moving into things I got no business moving into when I know what's going on, then God will allow something to take place in my life where I have to call upon him. And he swoops in because he's a good God. He swoops in and he gathers us up and he watches over us and he protect us, protects us and he grows us and he teaches us and all that good stuff. Okay, like I said, we're going to be here till next week. All right, Romans 6. Now we're going to go on to verse 2. I'm not as bad as my daddy now. Because... <laughs> Because we did a study on the book of Ephesians one time, and I think it was six weeks on the first word of the first verse. But he, he goes deep into those studies, you know. Still there, been there for years, but it's a fantastic book to study. Okay, verse 2 says, God forbid, how shall we, that we are dead to sin, live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We have a new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Amen? So I have a new life. I don't have to live like this anymore. This is good news, guys. It's real good news. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And I live this life in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God. I don't even have to have my own faith. <laughs> See how good he is? Hallelujah. Colossians 1.13 says, that we have, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his son. Hey, I used to didn't have no hope and I didn't have no help. Amen. I just was going through whatever the enemy brought my way. This is what we did. Because I was living out of my mind and I was living by my emotions and my feelings and I just did whatever I wanted to do thinking I was doing my own thing, living my own way, and the whole time I'm living under the king of the kingdom of darkness, okay? He was influencing me. Same thing as grace. Same thing. Y'all, come on, listen now. There's grace in this kingdom of light, and it is divine influence upon my soul, and that, that reflection in my life. So what that says is that if grace is poured out upon me, the divine influence is on me, you should see that in my life. Well, when I'm living in the kingdom of darkness right here, guess what? I don't know what it's called. It ain't grace. But it's the opposite of grace. And so that is that negative supernatural influence on my life. And you see it, Right? You see that I've been trudging through some hell. You see it on my life. You see the destruction, right? Okay. All right. 
Okay, let's see. Let's keep on going. Five. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, ha, we shall be also in the likeness of his life. And that's what we talked about last week. If I crawl up on that cross in the spirit realm and I die to my flesh, it says that I have been crucified with him. If I do that, then I also get to live in his resurrection life. So I traded death for life. Yay! We get the better end of the deal. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Sin does not have power over me. Come on, y'all. We're living in a new place. We have newness of life. Old way that sin had dominion over me. Sin told me what to do. Sin was my boss. I did whatever because of those cravings. Because, you know, sin causes cravings. You know, your body was not, even, in the, even with food, your body is not created to have cravings. That is not you that's, create, that's craving that sugar. That's that thing in you. It's that thing in you. But guess what? A thing can come out. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Things are things, and they can come out. Okay, seven. For he that is dead is free from sin. He that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That's that new nature coming in, okay? Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, reckon, reckon, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Reckon. What's reckon mean? I just count it so. It's just done. I got I to gotta, I gotta have my mind changed. I got to have my mind changed because we say, and I'm sorry, but some of it is the church's fault, but we say that we're struggle. I'm, you know, I'm just, I got to struggle. That's not what the word says. If I, because I know a couple of people who have decided this is over. It's over with. I will not give myself to that another day. It's over. And when you do that, oh my word, God kicks in mm, because I'm lining myself up with him. Okay? I have to reckon. I have to settle it so. I have to decide once and for all. Make up my mind. Reckon myself dead, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. What is reign? That means to be king. If sin reigns in my body, that means that sin is my boss, that sin has power to rule over me, that it has the highest influence. It has the highest influence. Who's supposed to have influence over me? 
Yeah. Holy Ghost is supposed to be influencing me. I'm, you're supposed to be able to see that Holy Ghost influences me now. Not sin. Okay. Now, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. The lust thereof. I told you a while ago that lust is desires, cravings, especially for what is forbidden. That's what lust is. We make it some big thing. That's what it is. I desire things that I ain't supposed to be doing. I desire things I ain't supposed to be having. I, I crave Oreos. And then when I get one, I'm like, Ugh, that ain't really that good anymore. But I still eat the whole pox. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's how sin rules. That's how that king has more influence over me than the Holy Ghost saying, don't buy that. Don't buy that. And you know as well as I do, you hear it. You hear him say, don't go there. Don't call her. Don't call him. You hear him say that. You hear him say, don't go down that road. You know what's down that road. Don't go down there. And we go anyway. And then we find ourselves in some trouble. Because that sin has more influence on me. Come on, y'all. This is revelation. That sin has more influence on me than he does. And I'm supposed to be living in this newness of life now. So, what do I do? Oh, my gosh. I repent. But repent means that I see the wickedness of my way and I turn from it. And I don't do it no more. That's what repent means. But most of the time we just say, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry again, God. I'm so sorry. Knowing that I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Okay, that's not repentance, but that is working on towards something, okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit. That's working towards something. So don't not do that, okay? All right, let's go down and look at, now let's just read it. Neither yield ye, we're on verse 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. That means sin doesn't have authority over me. It does not have power over me. For you are not under the law, but you're under grace. And remember what grace is. It is his ability to do this thing. He gives me what I need to do this. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. So that right there... Over my, um, you know, when it tells you what it's about, what that chapter's about, that just says believers are dead to sin. That's what that whole thing is about, that I am dead to sin. Sin doesn't have, it's, it doesn't have power over me anymore. So I have to start reckoning that thing is dead, and I have to start coming out of that, okay? Because he gave me a new life. My spirit man now, which I didn't have before, the enemy um, tricks things and makes you think that you move in the spirit realm. Your spirit is dead if you are not born again. Your spirit is dead. You're moving in the soulish realm, and your soul is powerful. And it, when it hooks up with the enemy, things happen. Okay? 
So he does counterfeit things that, that are supposed to go on with my spirit man in Jesus Christ, okay? All right. So then it starts in verse 10, it, verse 10, verse 15, and it says that we are slaves to righteousness. So that's where I have to start turning. I have to start turning everything, and I have to start coming over here, and that I am the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You start telling yourself that. And it feels like a lie. It does. Because we know ourselves and we know how we live and we know that somebody doesn't do what I want them to do and I get mad and I throw a little hissy. That ain't God. How many of us been saved 89 years and I'm looking over here and we still act that way? How many? Come on. See, I did not look at you. But we do that. Because it's control. That's a spirit. It is, ve- it is hard until that surrender comes. When we surrender ourselves to him, there ain't no more fight. There ain't no more war. I just give it to you, God. You're the one that has control, not me. I don't even want control. Because if I got control, I got to keep this thing going. I ain't that good. Then I want to keep this thing. And I got everybody's life on my shoulders. Lord have mercy, that's rough. I don't want it. Okay, what then shall we say? Sin. Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. (laughs) Know ye not that whom you yield your members, yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey, whether to sin unto death, or to obedience unto righteousness. But God be thankful that ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart and form uh, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You now have a new king. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now, I took a note right here, and infirmity is that feebleness or the weakness of your mind or your body. It is iniquity. Iniquity is a violation of law, of the law. It's wickedness. It's an uh, illegality. It's in the bloodline. We talked to someone the other day about stuff in your bloodline. Sometimes there's sins. We call them generational curses. My daddy did it. My mama did it. My grandmama did it. My great-grandmama. All, you know, everybody did this. It's sicknesses, sins, all of that stuff that we call them generational curses. But actually, it is an iniquity in the bloodline. We have to go in to the courts of God and cleanse our bloodline. And I can do that. I can cleanse the bloodline from what my great, 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 great granddaddy did. And not even know it. Not even know what he did. But the Holy Ghost knows what he did. And so I can come into the courts of heaven and I can say, God, show me what's in my bloodline, Lord, because this thing right here, this addiction that has plagued everybody in my family, everybody, all my uncles, all my aunties, Everybody, they was, they was alcoholics or they, was, they smoked, smoked cigarettes. They chewed tobacco. And I don't want to do that anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Whatever the sin is, because it is a sin, and it is in the bloodline. And I can go in there and say, God, this thing is happening in my life, and, and Lord, I don't, want, I don't want this anymore. And because that thing is in the bloodline and it's never been repented of, it's never been, you know, God forgive for this, then the enemy has a legal right to do whatever he wants to do. He has a legal right. That's a whole nother teaching. That's a whole nother six weeks. Okay? But all you have to do is go in there and say, God, forgive. I will ask you to show me as far back as this thing goes, this thing that's in my bloodline. Show me as far back as it goes, God. And I ask you to forgive granddaddy 16 times removed. Forgive him because he was mean. He was hateful. He, he murdered somebody. Forgive him, God. Forgive him for that. And I forgive him. And I ask that the blood of Jesus speak for me and my family. That the blood of Jesus cover me. And I stop reaping that thing from now on. Accuser, you can't accuse me of that no more. You cannot bring that thing up anymore. I am set free. And when you're set free, you're free, okay? You're free. Now, God is merciful, and he will show us these things that are in there, in these bloodlines, because he wants us free from these iniquities. He came to set us free. He came to break those things. So he's going to show us what's in that bloodline, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's perverseness. You know, there's, there's, there's abuse, sexual abuse that follow. I mean, it just goes from line to line to line. Sexual abuse. That's why they say that those who, who were abused will abuse. Not always. But it doesn't always stop with you. You are not an abuser, but your kid gets abused by somebody else. Somebody not affiliated with the family, you know? So that right there is one of those bloodline things. Okay? Um, great, great, great grandma did what she had to do. She had kids to feed, you know? So you do what you got to do. But doing what you got to do is a sin. Even if you got to do it. You know what I mean? So we have to bring that thing to Jesus. God, forgive. Forgive us for this sexual perversion in our family. Forgive us, God, because we've always done this. No matter how hard we try not to, God, it always comes up. It says in verse 20, For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So what the world is that saying? What kind of fruit did you have when we were given to those things? Death. Destruction. That was our fruit. For being, for being totally yielded to sin, it was death and destruction. But now... Being made free from sin, you become servants to God. What have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life? So now I have new fruit. There's new fruit that I can have. And I have eternal life now instead of death and destruction. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The wages of sin is death. Y'all know how many, of, how many of you guys have lost your friends? 
That's the way that life is. The wages of that is death and destruction. But he's saying, come out of that. I've set you free from that. And I want you to live over here in this newness of life. I want you to live over here now in this new kingdom. And there's eternal life. And you're going to reap righteousness. You're going to reap joy. Hallelujah. Your friends are not going to die anymore. Amen. Because that's a real thing. That's a real thing. The devil trying to kill y'all. He is trying his best to kill y'all out. Hallelujah. So what Romans 6 is saying is that we are dead to sin. It don't have rule over me no more. It doesn't have rule over me. Jesus Christ did what he did on that cross so that I can be alive unto God. So let's live like we are alive, okay? Now, I know some of y'all was freaking out over at Romans 7. Because it started talking about being married to one. And if your husband's alive, you're living in adultery. He's not, he's not talking about divorce. Y'all know he did not mention divorce anywhere. Okay, so we ain't going there. All right? This is talking about being married to Christ. How can you be married to Christ if you're still living in the world? Same thing is how are you married to Joe if you acting like you married to Tommy? Okay? Okay. Yeah, we did, didn't we? That's what he's talking about. I can't be married to Christ. And y'all know that our relationship with Christ is marriage and our relationship with him, they're a picture of each other. We take a picture of marriage. You can look at marriage and see how I'm supposed to be living with him. You see, it's just, it's a, it's a comparison. And so that's what he's talking about here. You can't be married to Christ, really married to Christ if you live in, in the world. We are deceiving ourselves. I am living in adultery. I'm fornicating. I can't do it. It's not, you can't, you can't do it. How you, okay. This is what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, I write to you, dear brothers and sisters, who are familiar with the law. Do you know that when a person dies, it ends his obligation to the law? For example, a married couple is bound by the law to remain together until separated by death. But when one spouse dies, the other is released from the marriage, um, from the laws of the marriage. So then if a wife is joined to another man while she's still married, she commits adultery. But if her husband dies, she is obviously free from the marriage contract and may marry another man without being charged with adultery. So, my dear brothers and sisters, the same principle applies to your relationship with God. For you died to your first husband, which was the law. We died to our first husband, which was sin. We died to our first husband, which was that. Over there. We died to that. And so now, I can be married to the Messiah. I can move in to this newness of life. I, I move in to the, I'm married to him now. Ha ha ha. Hey, thank you, Jesus. So are y'all okay with that? We don't have to go in and talk about divorce. 
Because <laughs> y'all, because I had more than one say, I don't want my rage after seven because I was talking because my first husband's alive, my, th- my fourth husband's still alive, you know. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. We can't be married to Christ and be married to sin. I cannot habitually, come on, I cannot habitually sin. I cannot live in that kingdom of darkness and think I'm married to Christ. Okay? That's all that's talking about. That's what it's talking about. Make dull and void the uh, Baptist doctrine of once saved, always saved. Because it gives Christ a legal right to divorce you. I know, but it gives him the right. And if you keep insisting, he could. Because he has the legal right. And only grace will maintain the relationship. So I'm not going to be giving God Jesus no reason to divorce me. Okay? I want to be married to him. I want to stay in this relationship. I want to find out what I need to do to stay over here in this kingdom. I don't want to be jumping the fence. Y'all know there's not a fence. Y'all do know that. We always say that. You know, you straddle the fence. No, you either in it or you ain't. And so I don't want to be, I don't want to be continually jumping over here and living in this kingdom so I can, you know, fulfill my craving. I know that Facebook Live is like right there. <sighs> but I just got to speak, you know, to y'all and myself. Because y'all know that all the fingers are pointed back this way. I don't want to continue to live in, it, to live in that. Because I'm not living with him. If I'm living in my feelings. If I'm living in my cravings. If I'm living trying to, to fulfill the desires of my flesh. Then I'm not living with him. So I need to check myself. Right? Which kingdom am I going to live in? Now I know that there is a time where we don't really know what's going on. We have to be taught some things. You know, but I'm going to use the 89 year thing again. If I've been, ma- I've been married to Jesus for 89 years, but I'm still over here sleeping with Sam. There's a problem. And it ain't Jesus. It's me. This walk is not just about feelings. It's about learning how to really live. And that's, why, that's when we're going to come in to chapter 8. Ooh, chapter 8 is so good. If y'all did not do your homework... Go read chapter 8 before next week, okay? Okay, you read it tonight. Because <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's life in the spirit, not the flesh, not the mind. We learn how to put that thing down. We got to put this flesh down. This teaching is it's enlightening. But uh, though the Word says that if we know the truth... And we don't ever tell it. And we know that our brother or our sister is in sin. And we don't share with them the truth of God's word. That their blood will be on our hands. So this is sombering. It's sobering. And um, it's going to change my life. 
because I was one that was like chapter 7 is stepping on my toes. <laughs> but I needed revelation of who Jesus is and what it really meant. But I thank you for being real with us and uh, that our lives can be, be changed through this word. Amen. The word of God will, it, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. And it, it knows the intents of the heart, the intentions of the heart. Nothing else does, but the Spirit of God and the Word of God does. And so whenever we delve into the Word and we start seeing, oh, oh, I don't need to be doing this. Because I can now come out and do this. And so that's what, that's my heart for you guys is to get this word in you so that you mature as, as Christians so that every wind of doctrine that blows by, you won't be thinking, oh, that sounds good because it sounds real good and it has an element of truth in it. Just like grace. Grace does mean those things. But it teaches you a twisted version to where you can just go out and do whatever you want to do and you cover it, don't worry about it. God knows my heart, but they don't tell you that your heart's wicked. Your heart will deceive you so that you have to have the whole counsel of the word. Amen? So that's what we want to do. And so next Sunday, we'll delve in as long as Jesus says. You know, you know we, would, we move by the Spirit around here, and so it might be six weeks before we get back in it. I don't know, but y'all do your homework anyway. And don't follow your heart. Y'all do not follow your heart this week. Okay? Tell your heart, no, shut up. I'm going after God. I'm going after God. Because that's where we live now. We live in Him now. And if I just pull on Him and say, you know, Jesus, I don't know how to do this. I ain't never lived here before. But I trust you and I know that you're going to help me. And so just pull on Him. He's, he will guide you. He'll lead you through this. And I'm going to pray that God dispatch His angels over you. Just dispatch your angels over these people, God, so that you, they guide them down the path that they should go. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.